Welcome to the Homeschooling Homemakers Podcast, where it's time to embrace the life you were created for. Come join me on a journey of being a keeper at home, creating a space for your husband and children to thrive, all while keeping Jesus at the center of it all. Hi, I'm Chantel, wife to one, mama to three, and I'm here ready to share with you practical tools to help you thrive in the roles you were created for. This is a place for you to throw aside all distractions and run into true freedom and joy of serving your family well. We all have evil desires and we can't ignore them. In order for us to follow the Holy Spirit's guidance, we must deal with them and crucify them. Verse 24, these desires include obvious sins such as sexual immorality and witchcraft. They also include less obvious sins such as ambition, anger, and envy. Those who ignore such sins or refuse to deal with them reveal that they have not received the gift of faith leading to a transformed life. Thank you all so much for joining me on another episode of the Homeschooling Homemakers Podcast. Y'all, this is part two of Living by the Holy Spirit's Power. Y'all, this was tough to read, but we have to read this to understand the difference of allowing our flesh to control our lives and allowing the Spirit to control our lives. And here we're going to jump into verses 19 through 21. And let's go ahead and read that together. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envying, murders, drunkenness, reveling, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So here in verse 19, Paul has urged his readers not to waste their freedom in Christ to merely serve themselves. Some Bible teachers call this license as in having a license to sin. It means to decide that because we are already justified by our faith in Christ, we don't need to restrain any of our sinful desires. We can do just whatever comes naturally. Paul has made it very clear that God calls us to use our freedoms instead to serve each other in love under the power of his Holy Spirit with us. According to Paul, we are absolutely able to allow God's Spirit to lead our thoughts, words, and actions instead of following our own sinful desires. And these desires are the ones that were listed. Now, Paul begins to identify some of the sins we are inclined to take part in when we refuse to walk by the power of God's spirit. Why does he need to list them, especially if they are evident or obvious? Part of this tactic comes from Paul's point that Christians are no longer living under the law of Moses. The law spelled out in great detail exactly what was sin and what was not. 
Paul is not creating a new law here to be followed. Instead, he seems to say, we all know what sinful lifestyle looks like. Here's a list. He is giving examples of sinful behaviors, which don't correspond to living free in Christ through the power of God's spirit. Now with this list, um, for me it's more categorized, like more than one thing can fall under these words. It's not just, this is this, this is this, this is that. It's different things can fall under this, um, like uncleanness, witchcraft, hatred, all those things. They have subgroups, as I call them. So the first three sinful desires um, Paul talks about are sinful lifestyles. He lists fall in the category of sexuality. Sexual morality comes from the Greek term pornea, a catch-all term referring to any kind of sexual activity outside of a biblical marriage, adultery, homosexuality, extramarital sex, and so forth are all covered under this idea. Impurity, things like the uncleanness of our thoughts, words, actions, thoughts motivated by lust, greed, or excess are part of this group. Sensuality is a broad term referring to a kind of shameless, open lifestyle that flaunts indulgence in doing anything that feels good in spite of the consequences or morals. It suggests a person lacking discipline or any capacity for self-restraint. Now, if you move on to verse 20, Paul is listing sinful actions and lifestyles, calling them the evident results of living for the flesh. Instead of in the power of the Holy Spirit, he is not creating a new set of rules as we discussed or laws for people who are free in Christ. Instead, his intent is to describe the nature of self-serving lifestyle. Christians are meant to use their freedom and the power of God's spirit with them to serve others in love. According to Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, those who refuse to do so will end up squandering their lives. And service to sin like these. In the previous verse, Paul listed sin related to sexuality, such as sexual morality, impurity, and sensuality. Now he lists two sins related to religion and spirituality. Idolatry is the worship of idols and pagan gods. It is the one sin throughout scripture over which God seems to express the most outrage. It was absolutely common in the world of Paul's day. It's still common today, both directly and and in sense of putting material things above God in our lives. Simply put, Christians should absolutely worship no other God in any way whatsoever. Next comes sorcery or witchcraft. It's very interesting that this word comes from the Greek term pharmakia, related to the term from which we derive the English word pharmacy. This term implies the use of drugs, potions, and poisons, 
often for the sake of twisting a person's mind or spirit. By extension, the sorcery Paul refers to often includes calling on demons or nature in an attempt to access access supernatural power without God's help. Next, Paul lists a group of relationship sins, all of which translate neatly from the Greek into English. Enmity, meaning hating certain people or groups. Strife refers to stirring up of discord and division. Jealousy is self-explanatory. Paul's reference to fits of anger is from the word, y'all bear with me, thymoi, implying uncontrolled outbursts of emotions such as rage, rivalries, or divisions between people driven by selfish ambition, dissensions, are those times when we break unity without good cause. Division, as used here, means unjustly or unfairly taking sides against others. This is from the same root word used to derive the English words hearsay and is sometimes translated as factions. None of these sins should describe the ongoing lifestyle of one who is free and forgiven in Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, the last verse in this section, verse 21, Paul continues his list of sin, which he says should obviously not mark the lifestyle of one who is free in Christ. In the previous verses, he listed sexual sins, anger-related sins, and relationship sins, Galatians 5, 19 through 20. Now Paul mentions envy. Envy is something described as wanting what someone else has. It can also include resenting people who have the things we want. For Christians in particular, envy implies that we're discontent with what God has given to us. Paul then concludes his list with two sins of excess. Drunkenness is from the Greek term matai, which means the effect of consuming too much alcohol and by extension, any other mind-altering substance. This is consistent with the approach to alcohol taken by scripture, which never forbids consumption, but always condemns drunkenness, Ephesians 5, verse 18. Related to this, Paul uses the term komoi, referring to the popular practice of the Roman world. These were events well reflected in English terms and more commonly, commonly as orgies. Such parties were wild, alcohol-fueled events featuring all sorts of lewd behavior, excessive eating and drinking, wild dancing, and sexual immorality, sometimes as part of the worship of pagan gods. It's important to understand that Paul lists here is not meant to be exhaustive. It does not include every sin that human beings might do. Paul was not creating a simplified version of the law for Christians to live by, Instead, Paul is demonstrating what a life spent serving ourselves looks like. 
Those who are in Christ must not squander their freedom in living in that way. Paul is not saying here that anyone who commits any of these sins at any time is not in Christ. Christians still sin sometimes. We don't always win the battle with ourselves to let the Holy Spirit lead in our decisions. That, of course, is the part of Paul's point here. These are sins Christians need to purposefully avoid and not fall back into by ignoring the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul does warn the Galatians, and by extension, all believers, you and I, that someone who indulges in these kinds of sins as an ongoing lifestyle without ever turning back, without repenting or changing course, is not in Christ. I want to repeat that again. Paul does warn the Galatians and by extension, all of us who are believers that someone who indulges in these kinds of sins as an ongoing lifestyle without ever turning back, without repenting or changing course is not in Christ. We can't put it any other way. So in other words, there is a marked difference between those who slip into sin as opposed to those who perpetually revel in it. Those who are in Christ begin to give the Holy Spirit control and turn away from sin. And those in Christ will definitely inherit the kingdom of God along with Jesus. Until next time, y'all, remember to pray big and pray much. If you have found hope and inspiration in today's episode, then hit subscribe. Make sure you don't miss a moment on this journey of being a keeper at home. I am so grateful for you and I cannot wait to see all that God has in store for you.